This week, a special episode of The Weekly, a discussion with Robert Mann, a professor at the Louisiana State University School of Mass Communication from C-SPAN's Washington Journal program. Professor Mann discusses the evolution of campaign commercials and their impact on elections. Well, the first presidential TV presidential campaign ads aired during the 1952 campaign. An American History TV and Washington Journal will look back at the history of political TV ads. We'll be joined next by Robert Mann, professor at Louisiana State University's School of Mass Communication. He's also the author of Daisy Petals and Mushroom Clouds, LBJ, Barry Goldwater, and the ad that changed American politics. First, though, before our discussion... Here are two of the first television ads from the 1952 campaigns from Dwight Eisenhower and Democrat Adlai Stevenson. I for president, I for president, I for president, I for president. You like Ike, I like Ike, everybody likes Ike. For president, hang out the banner and beat the drum. We'll take Ike to Washington. We don't want John or Dean or Harry. Let's do that big job right. Just get in step with the guy that's up. Get in step with I. You like Ike. time for all good Americans to come to the aid of their country. Ike! Bob. Ike! Bob. I'm so glad we're friends again, Bob. Yes, Ike. We agree on everything. Let's never separate again, Bob. Never again, Ike. Bob. Ike! Will Ike and Bob really live happily ever after? Is the White House big enough for both of them? Stay tuned for a musical interlude. Reuben, Reuben, I've been thinking, Bob and Ike now think alike. With the general in the White House, who'd give the orders, Bob or Ike? Let's vote for Adley and John. And it is a joint production of American History TV on C-SPAN 3 and C-SPAN's Washington Journal. We're pleased to be joined by Professor Robert Mann, Professor of Mass Communications at Louisiana State University and author of Daisy Petals and Mushroom Clouds. To take a look these 90 minutes here at the, uh, the, the history of TV political ad, uh, advertising. Professor Mann, thanks for joining us here. Thank you. Good to be with you this morning. We start with 1952. So that was the first year that television was used as a medium for political ads. Yeah, television had been um, used a little bit in 1948 to broadcast uh, the Democratic Convention. Harry Truman made a speech from uh, New Jersey at the latter part of the race in 1948 and was aired on on a regional uh, television link up along the East Coast. Uh, but really, 1952 is the first time that you saw candidates advertising in a way that was not just a speech. So even though, you know, we're going to see a lot of spots this morning, uh, these 30, 60 second spots, it's, it's important to remember from the beginning, I think, that 1952, 1956, 1960, 
the candidates still saw television as a, as a way to give speeches. So in 1952, for example, even though Adlai Stevenson, the Democratic nominee, and, um, and Dwight Eisenhower, the Republican nominee, were airing some spot advertising, the vast majority of people who were seeing them, or at least certainly with Stevenson, uh, we're seeing them give 30-minute speeches. Stevenson gave 18 30-minute uh, speeches at uh, 10.30 at night on Tuesdays and Thursdays in the, in the latter part of the campaign. And, and uh, th- th- both candidates were very reluctant to uh, do this kind of spot advertising. They just, they saw them, they, they saw politics as being more dignified. They saw uh, spots as the way you sell soup, soap and cereal, not, not lofty political ideas. So it's fair to say that both candidates in 1952, uh, Ike Eisenhower and, and Adelaide Stevenson, had to be pushed to, to do advertising, correct? <laughs> yeah, so uh, <clears throat> there was a, 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 an advertising executive who's fairly prominent, uh, f- fairly famous for his innovations at the time, Ross Reeves, who worked for the Ted Bates Agency, and he was hired by the... Eisenhower campaign to um, manage their their advertisements. At the time, Eisenhower and his people thought it would just be, as I said earlier, just speeches. Reeves looks at one of uh, Eisenhower's speech. I think it was his his uh, his his announcement speech early in the campaign, and and came to the conclusion, uh, made two major conclusions: that Eisenhower was a terrible speaker, and that these thirty-minute speeches were just too complex, too long. That people left the speech without having a, a single idea of really what it was about. It was just kind of a jumble of issues. And so he persuaded Eisenhower to, um, to do this spot advertising. And um, the, 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 the major way that people were seeing Eisenhower spots was not this, this, this animated spot, this jingle you just saw, which was interesting. And, and a lot of people uh, enjoy watching it because it, it, it sort of recognizes the first political spot. But most Eisenhower uh, spots were these tw- 20-second Eisenhower Answers America spots mm-hmm. where Eisenhower would just look in the camera and answer questions from average people off the street. And um, Eisenhower thought it was humiliating. Uh, Stevenson uh, thought his spots were a humiliating exercise uh, that uh, that really degraded the candidacy and the office of the president. They were both sort of dragged into doing this. Two quick questions about the, the ads we just saw for Eisenhower and Stevenson. One, the donkeys in that animated ad for, for uh, 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 then-candidate then Eisenhower, um, kind of a, a negative ad in that, that regard. And two, who is Bob in yeah. the, in the uh, uh, Adelaide Stevenson? Okay, so the donkeys that you see uh, uh, riding the other, right. going going backwards, which is, as you point out, is sort of a is sort of a subtle negative uh, ad. Um, that is John Sparkman, who was Adlai Stevens, a Democratic senator from Alabama, who was Adlai Stevens's running mate. Uh, Dean Acheson, who was the Secretary of State under Truman, who was much reviled by conservatives and Republicans. And Adelaide Stevenson, the uh, the nominee. In the other ad, the Bob and uh, and Ike, um, the the Bob was Bob Taft, Robert Taft, who was Mr. Conservative, the the leader of the conservative Republican senator from Ohio, son of President uh, Taft. And um, before the before Eisenhower ran against Taft, Taft was his his main opponent for the nomination in 1952. And to win Taft's support, he went to Taft and promised him that he would support his, his conservative agenda and even promised that he would, he would give Taft some patronage. And um, Democrats called that the great surrender, that, Ta- that Eisenhower had gone and surrendered to Taft and that Taft was now controlling the nominee. So the, the, the point of that spot is that they, they've fallen in love 
and Taft has has captured Eisenhower. He's actually going to be the power behind uh, the the power behind the throne if Eisenhower is elected president. The title of your book, Bob Mann, is uh, Daisy Petals and Mushroom Clouds, based on the 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 Daisy ad. So let's let's go to that ad, the 1964 ad by the Lyndon Johnson campaign, and we'll follow that with ads from the Goldwater campaign. Here's a look. Or we must die. Vote for President Johnson on November 3rd. The stakes are too high for you to stay home. Grab. Swindles. Juvenile delinquency. Barry Goldwater has to say about our lack of moral leadership. The leadership of this nation has a clear and immediate challenge to go to work effectively and go to work immediately to restore proper respect for law and order in this land and not just prior to election day either. America's greatness is the greatness of her people and let this generation then make a new mark for that greatness. Let this generation of Americans set a standard of responsibility that will inspire the world. In your heart, you know he's right. Vote for Barry Goldwater. There's a lot there, Bob Mann, but just start with the, the Daisy <laughs> ad and, and tell us the, the tenor of the times, 1964, and why that ad came about. Well, it, uh, th- th- thank you for asking me to set the stage because I think it really is important to understand the, 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 the atmosphere in the country at, at that time in 1964. This, we're still in the shadow of the Cuban Missile Crisis. Uh, we're still uh, armed to the teeth uh, facing the Soviet Union, which is also armed to the teeth with nuclear weapons. People at that time are, are really fearful that, uh, that the Soviet Union and the United States, even though the, the Cuban Missile Crisis had been resolved, we, we would still end up going to war with them, and it would not be a, la- a conventional land war. It would be um, a nuclear war that would destroy much of the world. And so uh, in, the, in, the, um, in that environment comes along Goldwater, who's been a very prominent leader of the conservative wing of the Republican Party since the 50s, a Republican senator from Arizona, who is speaking in, with, uh, you know, using a lot of bellicose language. When Kennedy announces the, uh, the moonshot, uh, Goldwater tells reporters, I, I'm not interested in sending a man to the moon. I want to lob a missile into the men's room of the Kremlin. He calls uh, the nuclear bomb just another weapon. He goes on television and suggests that we should defoliate the, the, the Ho Chi Minh Trail in Vietnam using um, nuclear weapons. Uh, he made a, a lot of comments like that over the years that, that showed that, that, that suggested that he was 
kind of reckless and was not serious about the responsibility of being president when it, when it came to using nuclear weapons. So people already knew Goldwater's position on that very well. And that spot takes advantage. It's, it's clever in so many ways. It never mentions Goldwater, as you, as you may notice, because it didn't need to. The people who created that spot realized that all they had to do was, was give a sort of a story and let the viewers do the work, let the viewers fill in the blanks with the information and the knowledge and the emotions that they brought to that spot. That's what makes it so groundbreaking, so so clever, and I think so effective, is that it put the viewers to work. It didn't give them a lot of information. It assumed that they had a lot of information and used that information in a very creative, clever way. Is it correct that that Daisy ad only ran once on television? It only ran once as a paid ad on the night of September 7th, 1964. Uh, probably, you know, in those days there, was only, there were only three networks, and so uh, probably around 50, 40 to 50 million people saw that ad the one time it aired. It wasn't unusual to run a spot a couple of times and then move on to something else. I, I thought, um, was, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, it's, so the, the, the spot did air on uh, several uh, network news uh, broadcasts in its entirety later in the week because it started making news and, you know, the Goldwater people and the Republican Party, some Republican officials started to uh, object to it. And so it made news, which ensured that it that it got a free ride on the networks later in the week. So, you know, I'm guessing that between 70 and 100 million people saw it by the end of the week. I thought it was interesting that we always associate uh, Richard Nixon with the law and order campaign. But in Barry Goldwater's ad, that's his message. Yeah, and th- that spot that you saw there is a is a distillation of a 30-minute uh, documentary that the Goldwater campaign had created called Choice, and they had planned to, to air it as a as a as a paid political uh, program on on national television. Goldwater saw it and decided that it, he said it was he said it was a racist spot. He 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 stopped it from being run by the Goldwater campaign on national television. It did get run on regional, you know, local television stations and a lot of house parties. But they did take the essence of it and distill it down into this 30-second spot, which tried to, um, you know, make, uh, take advantage of the anxiety in the public about uh, civil, un- civil unrest. You know, Lyndon Johnson, who had become president after the death of John F. Kennedy, was was seen by a lot of Republicans as having, you know, added to the and caused a lot of the moral degradation of the country, the, um, you know, the civil rights movement and some of the uh, there weren't a lot of protests about the, about the, over the Vietnam War at that time. But there but all this unrest and this un, unsettled environment was growing and conservatives were nervous and, and scared about it. And Goldwater was Goldwater and his campaign were trying to take advantage of that, uh, that fear and growing unease with a certain percentage of the population. Robert Mann, a comment on Twitter from Michael says, uh, TV in its infancy, more reflective of the ads that were shown during theater intermissions, plus the American culture was much more conservative then, his observation. Yeah, it, 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 this, this, from 1952 through 1964, uh, infancy is the right word to use. The, the, the people who were doing this stuff on, on for politicians were, were, were really experimenting. They didn't really know what they were doing. You know, today you would go and hire a political professional, you know, an ad firm that, that specialized only in, in, um, in producing political spots. They relied on, uh, you know, just gobs of, of, of public opinion research and focus groups. And they, had, they just didn't know anything about that. These were mostly technicians who were producing most of these spots. They were really people who 
arranged the presentation of a 30-minute speech or either or, or a four to five minute distillation of a 30-minute speech on the air. It really wasn't until uh, Doyle Dane Burnback, the, the, the Madison Avenue firm that got the, the account uh, to do Lyndon Johnson's campaign that, that true creative advertising principles were brought to presidential campaigns. And the reason I wrote my book about this is because this really is, to me, the hinge moment in American political advertising when everybody saw, oh, this is how it's done. This is how you, this is how you advertise political ideas. This is how you, um, you, you create spots that are interesting that are clever, that put the viewer's uh, information to work, that, that involve the viewer, not just a passive experience. And you, if you look at the spots before 1964 and in 1968 and, all, you can, and forward, you can see this, this, this is this moment in time when everything changes. This has been a portion of a discussion with Robert Mann, a professor at the Louisiana State University School of Mass Communication. You can hear more of this discussion by visiting cspan.org and searching Washington Journal. And if you'd like to hear more episodes of The Weekly, you can find them wherever you listen to podcasts.